for the moment, why don't you go ahead and uh, take your Bible, go to where? Romans chapter 8. We are still there, and I'm going to try... Um, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to get to verse number 30, all right? Try to get verse number 30. So that gives us from, we're, we're at verse number 26 right now, and um, I, I like verse 26, 27, and 28. That is, that is grouped together, and then verse number 29 and verse 30 are grouped together as well. And, uh, but verse number 26, 27, and 28, um, after dealing with verse 24 and 25 in the subject of hope, um, we come to verse 26 through 28 that just uh, takes that foundation of hope and begins to build even more on it. Uh, and and it, it, is, it is quite exciting uh, in, in what it presents. But, uh, but let, let's... Um, Let's just jump on in. I, I've refreshed several times over the chapter and different things. I'm not going to do that tonight. We're just going to jump on in, uh, starting uh, with verse number 26. But, uh, but let me do this. Let me, let me read verse number 24 and 25, because that really that gets us into verse number 26. All right, so verse number 24 and 25 uh, say, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope, for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Um, but, if, uh, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. And so you get into that, the whole understanding there of the reality of hope uh, and the fact that if, if, if it wasn't something that's unseen, it wouldn't be hope. If it, if it didn't require faith, it wouldn't be hope. And uh, at the same time, Hope produces a patience that uh, when you have something worth waiting for, uh, then no matter what you face while waiting and no matter how long it takes, if it's worth waiting for, it's worth waiting for. It, the reward will be well worth it. And so we with patience uh, wait for, for that which we, we do not see, but one day faith will become sight. And uh, we walk by faith now, but one day it will no longer require faith because the truth, the hope that we have will be seen. And, uh, and it will no longer be a time when it's not seen. And so as we, we're looking at that, then we go to verse number 26, and it uses the, that word likewise. And uh, in, in that word likewise is in relation to the understanding of, we, we just got through talking about hope. What is hope? Uh, what does hope accomplish? You know, why, why is it hope and, 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 and not uh, uh, just uh, holding on to that which we see? Why do we have to hope? Why do we have to use faith? And it talks about all these things that it teaches us and, and, and what hope is all about. In fact, we even talked about the fact that our hope is not just in the Lord. He is our hope. And, uh, and therefore, you know, it, it is the one day seeing him. But likewise, as good as that is, and, and to the same degree that that is an encouragement to the child of God, what comes next is likewise. And so likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. I, I'm glad that uh, as a whole, 
It, it does talk about infirmities, plural, and not just singular, because the Lord knows um, we have a lot of infirmities. And it's, it, honestly, uh, it's not dealing with, uh, with the infirmities of the physical aspects of this flesh. It's dealing with the infirmities due to the struggle with sin, the struggle with the mind, uh, the struggle in our spiritual walk, the infirmities of this flesh. And so uh, it, it's talking about the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we, now here, here where it comes down to the, the very explanation of what it is the Spirit specifically helps with. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Well, that alone is a pretty telling statement. We know not what we should pray for as we ought. You say, oh, well, no, preacher, no, we got, we got a whole list of things to pray for. We know, how, we know what we're supposed to pray for. Um, no, that's not what it's talking about. We know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now, we know what we pray for. We know what we're hoping for. We know what we're going for. And, and may I say, uh, Miss Rebecca turned this on me today. We're joking in the, in, in the office about it, talking about praying concerning uh, Saturday and the rain. And I told Miss Emily, I said, uh, well, I'm going to give that job to you. Uh, you know, you pray and we'll see what kind of prayer life you have. And I had her on the ropes. She had no comeback until Miss Rebecca helped her. And, uh, and, and said, oh, 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 but, but nevertheless, Lord, thy will be done. I'm like, hush, hush, stop using my points against me. Stop it. But, uh, and so, but as a whole, here's the thing. We, we look at and we know that when we pray, especially those things when we're praying very personally, we're praying for God to help, but how often... How often is it the first thing that comes to mind that we say, but Lord, I want your will more than anything? Now, when you get in the habit, it becomes something you do naturally, but it's not natural for us to pray for what it is I'm seeking the Lord to do, but then at the same time, in our mindset, give him an out by saying, but Lord, whatever you want is what it would be okay with me. <laughs> I don't want to give him an out. I want him to have to answer my prayer. I don't want to give him any room to wiggle. <laughs> God's going to do what God's going to do whether you prayed for something or not. But here's the thing. You say, well, then what's the sense in praying? God's just going to do it anyways. No, uh, he inhabits the praises and he inhabits and, and he, he is present during the time of prayer. He desires to hear from his people. He desires to hear from us concerning our need, and though he's already aware of it, he wants us to bring these things to him. He wants us to, to, to bring before him the struggles and the needs. Now, uh, Bible, by the way, we're, we're to uh, pray without ceasing, but we're, we're to pray always, again, in, in everything with thanksgiving as well. So we tend to forget some of those, those coupled aspects of prayer. We look at the aspect of what I'm praying for, but we often forget those things which should come as a requirement with my prayer as I talk to my Heavenly Father. The requirement of thanksgiving, the requirement of nevertheless, 
the ability to pray for yet accept what God determines is best. He wants to hear from me. It does not mean that just because I uh, remind him of all his promises and remind that he'll do good and remind him of how, how faithful I've been doesn't mean that he's going to change his mind on what he knows needs to be done. He's got a purpose for everything. We'll, we'll look at that in a minute. I'm, I'm, gonna get, I'm, I'm, I'm never getting to verse number 30 at this point. But it, go, it goes, goes as he goes on. So it says, that, help us where we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In, in, in this sectioning of verse number 26, 27, and 28, if you wanted to give this area, this, this would be actually letter D underneath the anticipation of promised glory in, in, in the grouping here up to verse number 30. And from eight, verse number 18 to verse number 30, uh, we had A was the comparison to the present situation and gl future glorification. B was the evidence of the curse of sin. C was uh, what is hope and, 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 and all that hope, ha it has to talk about concerning hope there in those two verses. And then D is our helper, our intercessor, and our confidence. You see our helper in verse number 26, the Holy Spirit. He helps us in this area, in this avenue of prayer, because even though we think we know, we don't actually know what it is that we ought to pray for. But there are sometimes, listen, there, there are times when, and I, I, I know um, certain individuals who've had this, and I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't know that I can honestly say that I've ever been there yet to this degree, but um, there are, uh, there's a preacher that I do know, um, and right now, uh, um, Faith, I can't know, you might remember, be able to remember, um, Triple S. I cannot, for the life of me, I can't remember. I've known him since I was a kid, and I still can't remember him. Bishop, Brother, Brother Bishop, uh, Brother John Bishop. Thank you. Brother John Bishop um, ended up having uh, spinal meningitis. And, uh, or is back, is final or bacteria, whichever one, it was one of the, it was the worst one. And, um, and it hit him, and when it hit him, it almost killed him, but it did fully cripple him for a while. Um, and uh, he went all the way back in his mind and in his body and everything. Uh, he went back to the, the form of a baby. He's a grown man, but he had the mind of a baby, and he, he, uh, he had the abilities of a baby. He had to learn, had to, had to be potty trained all over again. Um, he had to learn to walk. He had to learn to, to think again. He had to go through, through education and school again to a degree, uh, up to a point at which he, could, you know, he couldn't go any further. Um, but it, it, it just about destroyed his entire life, and, and, and he fought back, and he fought back, and, and uh, began to gain more strength. The only thing uh, in his mind that stuck, and it, it took a little while to unlock it, but it was there, um, is the list of, of I can't even give the full number, but a, a huge list of ministries and people and preachers especially uh, that were in his mind. He could not remember their faces, but he knew their names. And come to find out, the reason he knew their names is because every single day he had a prayer list 
And he called out every single name on that list every single day. And those are the names that were there, though he had to take time to try to put the pieces together to figure out who they were. He knew the name, but he couldn't associate it with the face any longer until he met people again and he could put those pieces back together. But Brother John Bishop, I remember um, my pastor, Brother Rusty Silvertooth, would have him uh, there in, in uh, Florine, Louisiana, and uh, when he pastored there in uh, Union City Baptist Temple, and, and um, he, uh, or sorry, Un- Union, Un- I can't remember, whatever it is, Union Baptist Church, I think it was, but uh, Union City was something my dad pastored. Union Baptist Church, I think is what it was, but um, he, uh, he would have Brother John Bishop come and, and preach for him, uh, and one time Brother John would come, and they had a little, little prophet's chamber, and he was in there, and uh, Brother Rusty woke up at like 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning, just really concerned, and so he went to go check on Brother John, and, uh, and he could hear him. As soon as he came up to the little, little prophet's chamber area, he could hear him just, just crying and moaning and just begging and saying, oh, oh, just, just in pain. And, and um, he, he kind of got in and, and let him know he was there. He didn't want to scare him anymore, and, and Brother John in best we could say, come in, come in. And he was in there, and Brother Rusty was trying to, to help him and trying to comfort him. And Brother John Bishop said, Preacher, of course, he, would, he, broke, he spoke in very broken, you know, Preacher, ha, ha, have you ever had a time when you hurt so bad that you couldn't even pray for yourself? And he, he told him, I'm there. I hurt so bad, I can't even pray. Can you pray for me? And Brother Rusty spent the entire night just about there praying with and for Brother John. That the Lord would just ease the pain so he could get some rest. But there are times in life when you hurt so bad, whether physically or emotionally, mentally, you can hurt so bad you don't even know how to pray. What do I say? I don't even know what to say. Honestly, and can I tell you, you can get, it can get so difficult that you almost don't even care. Again, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, It can hit you in many different aspects, but regardless, in those times, we just get to see what we actually are on a regular basis. We just forget it. On a regular basis, even though I think I know how and I think I can as a whole, I don't even know for what I should pray as I ought. I think I do. But then there are some days when I get so low and I, I'm so, I, I've hit the bottom, uh, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, that I can come to realization that I finally see what I am in God's eyes all the time. Without the Holy Spirit's help, I haven't got a clue what I'm supposed to pray. And may I say, there are times when those things which I never could figure out what to pray, the Spirit knows which is why he's making intercession. When I hurt too bad to even know how to explain it, the Spirit of God knows how to intercede on my behalf, as the Bible says, with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
it's nice to know that the child of God has a helper to help me when I can't even help myself. But then, let's see if I can get to verse number 28 at least. Verse number 27, we also have our intercessor, not just in prayer. I mean, yes, the Holy Spirit inter intercesses for us, um, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, but then we have a, another um, intercessor as well. We know Christ is, an, is our intercessor before the Father. But verse number 27 talks about our intercessor within God's will, whom we know to be Christ. So you have the Holy Spirit and you have Christ. Now watch verse number 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Well, who searches the heart? Christ searches the heart, knows the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What's interesting about that is it is a promise for the child of God, but it's a promise according to the way God puts it, not according to the way the child of God wants it. Sometimes we want, we want intercession on our behalf according to that which we are looking for. We want intercession on our behalf according to that which we're hoping for. We want intercession on our behalf according to that. That which we plan must be what God has to do. And yet that's not the intercession we see in verse number 27, nor is it what we see in 26. But in verse number 27 specifically, he says, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. God, may I say, the Spirit of God maketh intercession in prayer with, with groanings that cannot be uttered. He makes intercession according to the will of God. Christ himself intercedes on the child of God's behalf, uh, but also with that according to the will of God. Every bit of it is according to the will of God, which means if I'm not happy with what God is doing, the only one who's not concerned about the will of God is me. I know that hurts. But the honest fact is, when you have the Spirit, you have Christ, and you have me. If I'm upset about what God is doing, the only one not really concerned about God's will is me. Because the Spirit's going to pray according to the will of God. Christ is going to intercede according to the will of God. And I'm facing the will of God. The Spirit's not griping about it. Christ isn't griping about it. So if I'm griping about it, I'm in my own company. Nobody else is with me. And say, well, I want God's will. It's easy to say. It's not as easy to receive sometimes. But as a whole, we have verse number 28. So you have the Spirit make his, makes intercession, helps us in prayer, makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Um, and, and you have Christ who searches the hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, and knows the mind because the Spirit is making intercession according to the will of God, and Christ is making intercession according to the will of God. And through it all, we have 
both our helper and our intercessor introduced to us verse number 26 and verse number 27. And then verse number 28 shows us the confidence, our confidence in his purpose. According to the will of God. And then according to the will of God comes down to verse number 28. And we know. So since we're dealing with the will of God, let's talk about what we know concerning the will of God. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I wanted to get to verse number 30 because you have, you have the called here, the word called in verse number 28 and the word called in verse number 30 are not the same word. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. To them that love God and that word called are meaning the same thing. It's talking about the saints. It's talking specifically that this is a promise given only to the true child of God. Now, now watch. Yes, God is in control of all things, even the lives of the lost, things that happen. God's in control of everything that takes place. But we're focused here on the child of God. We're focused on the promises and, and the confidence the child of God can have in their heavenly father. And so this verse 28, and people love to use this verse, and they love to just go to, and we know that all things work together for good. And that's wonderful. And that's good that we can quote that much of it. But that's not the whole verse. All things work together for good to them that love God. Now, if you're a child of God, it shouldn't be hard to love him. He's your heavenly father. If you don't belong to him, I wouldn't expect that, you know, those that don't belong to him can love what they see him do, and they sometimes will mistake that for loving him. And you'll find out whether or not they love him or they love what they get from him. You find out whenever he removes what's, what's being given in their life or, or he allows things that they wouldn't want in their life. And if they're not a child of God and they own, they're only in it for what they can get out of it and they're not actually in the family, they're just trying to attach with the family for the blessings that come along with it to a degree. You understand where I'm going with this? Let, let the hardships come, let the, let the difficulties come, and one of the first people to jump ship and say, I'm out of here, is the one that's only there for the benefits. They're not actually part of the family. Uh, it, it's the vagrants that are actually trying to attach on the side of the house with, you know, with every bit of uh, piece of wood here and cardboard there. They're, they're trying to make attachments to, to whatever they possibly can, but they don't belong there. You know, let, let difficulties come and they're, see ya, I'm out of here. I don't need this. I couldn't stand him anyways. You know, th that's, that's what, it, a child of God doesn't act that way. 
Now, a child of God can be rebellious, but a child of God as a whole is not going to tell the one that they love, I hate you and I'm out of here, and then turn their back and leave and act hateful towards the one they said they loved in a remaining way, in a remaining purpose. Now, a lost person can do that just like that because they never really loved him in the first place. It was a convenience. The child of God that has truly been born again, whether they are fully right with God or not, there is going to be a, a natural tendency to still love the Father, though they may not be right with him. May I say, even the prodigal son, um, now again, it's a parable, I get that, but even in the parable of the prodigal son, one thing you don't see is the prodigal son going to far country and, and ripping his father right and left and tearing things up and going nuts over things. You, don't, you see him uh, spending his wealth, you see him making poor decisions, you see him struggling in many ways but what is the one thing that he thought of when he hit the bottom? My dad treats his servants better than this. He knew what it was like back home. He knew where he could go. And by the way, if he truly hated his father, he never even would have considered it. The Bible says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called. That word called there is uh, kletos, or it's invited, that is appointed or specifically mentioning a saint, one who is called out, separated, all right? And so, to them who are the called. They love God. They are the called. What is it saying? All the evidence is it's a child of God. And they all work together. All things that God allows, God does, work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called, according to his purpose. God has a purpose for everything. He's got a reason for everything. Does it mean that we understand the reason for everything? Nope. Does it mean that God's going to let us understand the reason for everything? Nope. Will he always hide his reasons? Well, no. There are some times when God, God can show with some time. He'll show and, and he'll, you'll know in your heart, that's why. Here's at least one evidence of what God wanted to accomplish through this. There's probably a lot more that I don't even understand, but there's at least, here's one thing that he's allowed me to see as an evidence of that may have never happened without what I went through. It might take a week, it might take a month, it might take years, but I know in, in almost every case, things that I've gone through, I can look back and say with time, there's looking back and, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking back, I can see a lot of areas 
that if I hadn't gone through what God let me go through, I couldn't have faced that, that. I couldn't have helped over here. I couldn't have been effective over there. That allowed me to accomplish these things. You don't see that right away, but with time, the Lord does reveal some of those things. Does it mean that he shows us everything? No. Does he promise to show us everything? No. Does he tell us that we're going to get to understand it all in this life? No. But even if we thought we understood every aspect of why he allows things in my life, if I understood, I think I know everything God wanted to do with that particular, can I be honest with you? I probably don't know half of it. And as we look at this, we know, and I'm going to end right here, all things work together. It's that scenario where it, not one thing is really as beneficial as everything put together. Now, I'll give you this. It's just a simple illustration, but um, we've used it before. But uh, if, you, if you like eating cake, Um, you understand the benefit of all things working together. <laughs> uh, but take some baking soda and stick it in your mouth by itself. Some people say, I'll take the sugar. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, even that. As a kid, it's one thing. You know, the older you get, a whole spoonful of sugar. I don't care what Mary Poppins said. A whole sp spoonful of sugar. Mm -mm. No, that's a little too much, Okay. But you, you, take, you take flour by itself, not, not so tasty. Uh, I mean, you, you take, take some olive oil, take some different oil and just guzzle that down by itself. <laughs> no, thank you. All the different ingredients you can, you can put together to, to make a moist and wonderful and tasty cake, put all of that together individually, it'd make your stomach churn. Put it together and all things work together for something really good. And that's what the child of God has to realize. The promise that we've received is we know that all things work together for good. But it works together for good to them who love God, who are the called, the saints, according to his purpose. He's got a reason for it. We'll see that in verse number 29 30. Can't dig me there tonight, but... He's got a reason for everything, and he has a purpose for everything because he's appointed us unto a purpose as a child of God. We are appointed to a plan that God has for our life, and that plan sometimes has highs, and that plan sometimes has lows. But through it all, we know we have the Holy Spirit to help us, even with those things which you don't even know how to pray about. He intercedes for us with, with groanings that can't even be uttered. We have a Savior, we have Christ, who is an intercessor, who knows the hearts. By the way, you don't have to speak it, God already knows what you're struggling with. And He intercedes. Spirit intercedes, Christ intercedes, and it's all according to the will of God. Why? Because we know that within the will of God, all things work together for good. For those who are a child of a loving Heavenly Father. And again, verse 26, 27, 28. Verse number, uh, uh, Romans 8, 28. Um, it, 
Honestly, I, I didn't know why as a kid that one just stuck out with me, but it, it became um, that, that, that life's verse that just always been there. Let me tell you, I've needed that one more often than I wanted to even admit. But it works all together. Why? I've got the Spirit. It helps me with prayer. I've got the Lord Jesus Christ who knows my heart, knows my struggles. He intercedes for me. Both of them according to the will of God. And the will of God sometimes takes me through things I can't explain. But I can know with confidence that all things will work together for good. In his timing, in his way, through his perfect will. I can have confidence in my Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we thank, thank you so much for tonight.